Hi, you're listening to my favourite Elliot Smith song. The podcast that's all about keeping Elliot Smith's legacy alive in our own very small way. And we do that by speaking to well-known fans about their favourite song of his. Now, in this episode, we've got Sadie Dupuy speaking to us. Now, if you don't know Sadie, she is a New York-based musician who's the founder and lead singer of the band Speedy Ortiz. And she's also got her own solo side project as Sad 13. Sadie is incredibly passionate about Elliot Smith. And what's really great about this is how much thought she put into selecting her favourite song before we even did the interview. In the weeks before, we were in touch over email where she was absolutely agonising over her pick. So I really hope this episode does justice to Sadie's in-depth knowledge of Elliot's work and the warmth and really good humour she speaks about it with. So without further ado, here's Sadie, and I'll see you quickly again on the other side. I chose Cupid's Trick off either or, though, as you know from my emails, it was not an easy choice for me because I was bouncing around a few ideas. I thought New Disaster would be a really good one. I thought about Busted Lit by Heat Miser, um, probably because it's more of a, a good example of his story songs, which I really like. Like, um, I think it's just there's so many different things he was capable of doing across his songs. I picked Cupid's Trick kind of because it's a balance of all of those elements of his songwriting that I like, but I'm always arguing that he never wrote a bad song, or at least not one that's been unearthed yet. Um, so we did this exercise on the last Speedy Ortiz tour. It was like kind of a long U.S. tour, or not that long, but six weeks long, so a lot of time in the van, being quite bored. Um, and... So we decided to each make a top 10 Elliot Smith songs playlist just to see like where, what we would all choose. Um, and some of us were stressing about it more than others. I kind of took it with a grain of salt because hard to pick just 10. Um, but I thought what was really interesting is there was only one song that all four of us picked um, and that was Cupid's Trick. So I thought there might be something there sort of worth exploring. So, Sadie, um, tell us what it is about the song that uh, that made you want to pick it. I do really love how it sounds and how it builds. And I think in the context of Either Or, which is my favorite of his albums, um, it's like a full-on rock song, uh, as close as we get to one, I think, on that record, and really as close to his work in Heat Miser as anything on that record. Um, But it still holds on to that vulnerability that I think folks connect to and feel attached to in his music. Um, and there's like all these production tricks that I feel that I've noted throughout his music. And, um, this one has so many examples of it. Like it almost is a fake out because it starts with just the, the double tracked acoustic guitar. It could be any other song on either or, um, and then he does that thing that he always does that I love, which is the drums and bass coming in late. Um, which I used to call secret drums when I was like, trying to rip off Elliot and think of tricks that he used. Um, and there's this like little, like kind of quiet, like delayed guitar riff over the chorus. Like it could be a real rock riff in a different song. 
Um, but it's still like got the sense of quiet comes back. Uh, it peels really far back for the second verse and you think it's back to being this quiet song, but, um, something else that he does that I love is rather than waiting for the chorus to bring back the loudness, he brings the, the drums and bass back early. Um, and it comes back to like what we would have considered full volume before that verse ends, like somewhere halfway into it. Um, and he almost has guitar parts that sound like a pedal steel or country music. It's really cool. And we think the song's maybe going to stay there. And then the second chorus is like really heavy for that record. Uh, it's like if you AB them, it's like twice the volume of the first chorus because he's got all these like bar chords, which is kind of atypical for this record. Um, there's like an epic guitar solo. And then when it comes back um, in the third chorus, he gets rid of the riff. So he's always playing with changing, adding, taking away. Um, there's turnarounds between sections that are different lengths every time, just really subtle changes that you might never notice. And I might never have really quantified them if I hadn't learned to play that song. And I think that's what makes him such a great composer. These just, um, changes constantly happening from section to section. And, um, especially on a record that I think of as one of his quiet ones, I'm, I'm talking about either or it's very away from. I mean, it's more slick than the uh, previous two Elliott records, but it's still quite far from the slick sound of the last Heatmiser record. But I think on this song, you can really hear him tinkering with the kinds of um, production and arrangement choices that are really present on XO. Um, and from afar, I think those records look like it looks like a big leap between the two of them. But when you look at the song structures, I think they're there's more similar than um, fans give them credit for. And if you go on uh, Reddit, there seems to be um, quite a lively debate about what Elliot's singing in the chorus of this song. Um, do you know what he's singing? Can you put this debate to bed once and for all? Well, um, I didn't really know that there was a debate until you mentioned that. Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> um, and I feel I'm not going to say I'm not a lyrics guy, um, but that's always the last thing I gravitate to in a song. Like, I think I picked this song more for... Um, the melodic elements it's funny because i think people always credit speedy ortiz as like a lyrics band and certainly I, I write them all with care but i'm always much more interested in what's happening um sonically and melodically so some of my favorite songs that i can think of every note and everything that happens in them i have no idea what the lyrics are um and i think this is one of them even though i've covered this song before uh i always thought it was lit me up it's my life and only in looking the song up for this podcast did I realize that the internet predominantly thinks they're saying it's my lie. He's saying it's my lie. Um, and then genius.com thinks it's sugar lick me up, which I never would have considered. Um, and then I listened. So we did a cover of the song um, and it sounds like I'm singing pick me up. So at some point I must have thought those were the lyrics. And I guess to answer your question, I have no idea what he's saying.
tell us um, how you, you first got into Elliot's music. My dad took me to see the Royal Tenenbaums, and I must have been 12 or 13, um, which was right around when I first started realizing that I deal with depression. Um, and I had some like OCD tendencies at that time that have mostly gone away as an adult, but I would really struggle with um, obsessive recurring images of self-harm and suicide. And there's that scene in the movie where Luke Wilson attempts suicide um, and Needle in the Hay was used in the soundtrack. And it was very impactful to me because um, I just never had seen a, a scene like that in a movie uh, at that age. And I'm sure I cried, but I was very instantly drawn to Elliot's voice. Um, and I think at that time, I thought his music was sadder than I do now as an adult. Um, but I found it really healing. So we got the CD soundtrack. From there, I bought the self-titled album, and then I got all the albums, and I would just play it all the time. Um, and I was learning, I started learning electric guitar right around that time, like before my 13th birthday. And his were the songs I was first learning, like I was learning to play Pizzola and um, 2.45 a.m. And for my 15th birthday, I got an acoustic guitar. And it's the only time I've ever named a guitar, which is a practice I don't find very cute, but... Uh, as a 15-year-old, that's fine. Um, but I named it Elliot and uh, because that was who I was inspired by. And just a few months after that, maybe six months later, um, was when he died. So, yeah, I was a very big fan and already very uh, inspired by him. And um, his death was very shocking and, and sad to me and still is. And how has Elliot's music influenced um, your own work, both with your band, Speedy Ortiz, but also your solo project as Sad 13. One that's just me, before we were a band, I was thinking of how Elliot recorded drums. Um, I would double track myself playing them the way that like Stephen Droz did on Coast to Coast. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even say that like Speedy Ortiz or Sad 13 sound distinctly like Elliot, but I always, always have his melodies in mind. But um, I'm always thinking of Elliot for sure. And we have an upcoming Speedy album. Whenever it's out, I can probably point you to exactly which songs are influenced by him. And I've gotten to visit um, New Monkey, the studio. But I have this fantasy of doing the second Sad 13 album there and not in my bedroom because it's such a cool studio. And lastly, I just wanted to um, talk about the tribute gig you played in, in New York a few years ago around the time of uh, the 10th anniversary of Elliot's death. Can you just tell us uh, what it was like to, to play that? Um, it was cool. I, it was really neat to see how many different approaches folks took to interpreting his music. Um, my friend Adam Schatz played saxophone and he like did acapella songs and trying to remember I think Marissa Nadler played Pizzola and that was amazing um I remember people doing some of the covers that he was known for like Jealous Guy and it was just kind of clear how much of a nerd we how much like how nerdy we all were about his music um whether that was like you know 
some of Speedy Ortiz played and we're like a little baby rock band and Sky Ferreira played and she's like this amazing pop artist. And then um, we all kind of met at this place of just deep admiration uh, for this musician. And what was cool about it is like, I don't know if you ever went to that venue. Um, it was at a place called Glasslands and the green room there was like not much bigger than my bathroom. So it was like, how many musicians, like 30 of us all in really close quarters and feeling this camaraderie. And I'm mad. I don't think there's a recording of it, but we did, um, we did Cupid's trick and we also did abuse, which is one of my favorite Elliot songs that I feel like you can't find anywhere. So I really wish our recording was online because that song's great. And, uh, you should play it on this podcast. <laughs> just, just play like a three second snippet of it while I'm talking about it so that listeners who are future guests can be like that's the one i'm gonna talk about abuse there you go for Sadie there's a little bit of abuse by Elliot Smith there for you hopefully that may inspire some future guests to get in touch Madonna if you're listening and before I go I just wanted to say thank you very much to Sadie Dupuis for taking part in this podcast it was great to speak to her and as she mentioned in the interview her band Speedy Ortiz have an album called Twerp Verse coming out at the end of April so do check it out and have a listen for the Elliot Smith influences when it's available and that's about all we have time for this week but do rate and review the podcast if you're enjoying it and I'll see you again for another edition very soon so, so intention, but the closer you get the more you get Confused Who's home?